Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. The forgiveness is about us releasing and letting go of this moment, right? Of this situation. Because the reality is that when we are holding on to not forgiving a person, it is taking up emotional capital. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right. So our quote of the day. Now, a lady, if you follow Nedra on Instagram or Twitter, then you are familiar with her Nedra nuggets. So this is one of Nedra Tawab's Nedra nuggets that fits perfect for our topic today. Growth requires letting go of the parts of yourself that get in the way of who you want to be. Now, I'm going to say that one more time so that it settles in our spirit and guides us in this conversation. Growth requires letting go of the parts of yourself that get in the way of who you want to be. All right, T. Are we ready? Girl, we are ready, ready, ready to dive in. You know, when you read that quote, it made me think about how sometimes in life, if we are holding on, like literally with our hands. I'm a visual person, so I'm thinking about holding on to things. And if we want more of something and we're still trying to hold on, it's like we don't have the capacity to receive or to get that new thing, right? Or to grow because we're still holding on to the old things. And what I really thought about was like winter cleaning. And I was like, 
my closet is only but so big. So when I want some new stuff, I really have to get rid of some of the old stuff that either doesn't serve me, the stuff I can't fit, the stuff I haven't touched in years. I got to yes. let that go in order yes. to make room, right, for the new stuff. So that's what I thought about when you shared that quote. What came up for you, Dom, that you kind of internalized that quote? Well, before I share what came up for me, I just love that, like what you brought up, right? Because it made me think about this philosophy that I've had of now I have a pandemic life. I remember kind of shifting how I did that. Right. But in general, the philosophy that I have is that if I this like if I have something in my closet. For two years or more that I have not used. And I cannot find a way to repurpose it or use it in the way that I originally had it, then it's time to let it go. Right. And so, yeah, like when you said that, like that immediately resonated of like, yes. So when we have something or a way of being that isn't working for us, or we haven't utilized in years, then maybe it's time to either repurpose it or let it go. Yes, I love it. I love it. And I think that's such a great practice that you have with yourself. Like, yes, girl, I love it. So I just want to say before we jump in, our intention with this episode is to share some of the things that we've noticed that have kept us from living our most fulfilled life. And some of these may apply to you ladies, some may not. Use what resonates and share the rest. And we realize that everyone has their own life, of course, their own experiences. And what we share today is not going to be a blanket solution or advice for everyone, right? Because this is our personal experience. So, just want to preface the conversation with that because we're going to dig into some things, okay? You might be a little triggered, right? Some things may come up for you. And the last thing I want to say down before we dive in is make sure you stay until the end, lady, because we have something special that we want to try out with you, but you have to stay until the end to learn more about that. So stay until the end. And Dom and I are actually going to do a workshop, a live workshop about these topics. And if you want to tune in with us, you can visit new yearworkshop.com. Again, that's newyearworkshop.com for a deeper dive on these topics. And if you don't catch us live, you can always catch the replay, but you've got to go to that website, newyearworkshop.com to see when we're going to do it and to get more information about what this workshop will entail. So Dom, I think we should just dive into number Let's do it. So the first thing that we want to leave behind is a victim mindset. Now, T, I don't know about you, but I know that there have been phases of my life or stages, seasons in my life or situations even where I have had that victim mindset, right? And victim mindset is different for everyone. But for me, the victim mindset is the the woe is me, right? That I am feeling helpless in this situation. And for me, what I found is that there are times when that is accurate, but then there have been other times where I was in that mindset because I was struggling to 
see my power in the situation, right? And I think that that was a game changer for me, right? Of recognizing why is the woe is me there, right? Not focusing on the woe is me itself, but stepping back and focusing on the why and recognizing that it was about me not seeing my own power in those moments, right? And so what I have learned to do is to let that, let that woe is me go and tap into my power. But it really is like looking at an analysis of a situation, because again, there are exceptions and times where it truly is, I am powerless and helpless in this moment. I'm so glad you shared that, Don, because I think that's spot on. I think sometimes when people hear victim mindset, they, again, they give this sort of perspective or advice that's supposed to be this blanket solution for everyone's situation when it's like, eh, this is, it's, it's not a one, one size fits all. And so when right. you were sharing, what it made me think about was two particular instances or phases in my life where I was faced with a victim mindset. Now, one, I talked about it on the podcast, very transparent about my upbringing and the things I've experienced. And, you know, what's, what has been part of my story is, you know, domestic violence, being physically and verbally abused, being molested when I was younger, losing a parent a month before going to college, a lot of these very tragic situations in which I was a victim, right? Like that's the, that's the truth. I was victimized. And when I think about my journey and what I chose to do with those situations, that's where I think the victim mindset comes up for me when I think about, okay, how do I want to show up in the world based on what has happened to me, right? And I think there is space to sit with your story and realize, I guess this happened to me, right? Like I was a victim. I've, I've had to I've chosen to do that for myself. Like I was, this happened to me, right? Sometimes you don't get a, an apology from whoever may have violated you. And when I began to think about what perspective was serving me, for me, it wasn't wallowing in what happened. But again, that's my choice. I went through therapy, right? Like I went to therapy. I did a lot of healing work internally, spending a lot of time in solitude, journaling. I did a lot of connecting the dots for myself to find purpose in my pain. So that was one instance where I was absolutely a victim, but I just chose not to adopt that victim mindset. When I think of victim mindset, Don, for me, that means like, oh, making excuses. Oh, I can't do that because no one in my family has done that or because I've been through this or because this happened to me. And wearing that victim badge or that victim mindset is like a badge of honor, right? Like, oh yeah, I'll never be able to do that because X, Y, Z happened to me, right? So that's just, that, that's my story. Now, the other thing I think about is recently how there have been goals that I've been trying to accomplish and I've done what I thought was everything that I needed to do to accomplish these goals. But for whatever reason, the goal wasn't accomplished and I began to make up stories in my mind like, oh, this person gets more engagement on their social media posts. Maybe some... Seriously, y'all, sometimes our mindset can really have us going down the rabbit hole because don't laugh, okay, Dom? But there have been times, I'm going to be very transparent, <laughs> very transparent. There have been times where I'm like, does someone have, like, does someone at one of these tech companies have a vendetta against me where, like, I'm not getting 
any engagement. Like I'm posting content that I think is great. I'm posting valuable stuff and nobody is seeing it. Like I'll post it and it for hours, it's the algorithm, right? But I'm like, if someone's like trying to make it so that I don't get, you know, achieve my mission and my goal. So for me, that's like a whole different victim mindset. And it's like, okay, now this is what I'm faced with, right? Not getting engagement. Am I going to just continue to say, oh, it's the algorithm and it's this, or am I going to do something about it, right? Am I going to look into coaching? Am I going to look into, you know, being proactive in my story and not being in this passive position in my story? Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I think that that's a good, I think that's a great example. And I appreciate your transparency in that, right? Because there's a, there, there are a lot of things that can easily pull us in if we're not paying attention. Easily. Easily. T. Okay. I'm not trying to interrupt the show, but I had this random idea I want to share with you and I don't want to forget it. Tell me, tell me, what is it? Okay. So, you know how at the start of every new year, birthday, new moon, anniversary, new month, new anything, people find themselves wanting to have a reset, but they're not sure where to start. Mm -hmm, I sure do. What are you thinking? What if we hosted a workshop where we could interact with our listeners to talk about stuff like self-care and self-love? OMG. And we could even have a session about manifestation, leaving toxic relationships and becoming our best selves. Girl, I am so excited. I'm sold. We could call it the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. Yes. Yes. That is it. And, and, and we could even host a live quarterly wind down to check in and build community as we vibrate higher all year. Yo, I love it. I love it. I'm sold. Let's do it. Lady, if this sounds like fun to you, visit newyearworkshop.com and join us for the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. If you want to release baggage, set intentions, and manifest the life you desire, this is just for you, lady. That's newyearworkshop.com. We can't can't wait wait to to connect with you. So what about our second tip or second thing to avoid and let go? Yes. That second weight of baggage is unforgiveness. Ooh, this one can be tricky. Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's just do it. So this one, I have to take a moment and sigh with that and like let it settle because it is tricky. It is complex and complicated, right? This piece of not forgiving yourself and not forgiving others, right? Can hold us back emotionally and in all kinds of other ways, right? So in our relationships with others, in goals that we're trying to achieve, it may be holding us back from manifesting the things that will, that will take us to the next level, right? And it's hard. Like, it is so hard. And I get it that when we have been hurt, right? And sometimes people really do unforgivable shit. Like if I'm just keep it all the way 100, people do unforgivable shit. Absolutely. 
But the piece that we have to remember is that the forgiveness is not for the other person. The forgiveness is for ourselves. The forgiveness is about us releasing and letting go of this moment, right? Of this situation. Because the reality is that when we are holding on to not forgiving a person, it is taking up emotional capital. And our emotional capital is valuable. And I want to be clear that forgiving a person does not alleviate them of the responsibility of what they did. Again, forgiveness is about freeing up our own emotional capacity. So it is for us. That person doesn't even need to know that we have forgiven them because, again, it is for our emotional well-being, not theirs. You hit the nail on the head. I don't even have much to say outside of what you've already shared because you really did just nail that. The only thing I'll add is, I mean, this spot on Dom, I'm glad that you pointed out that people do unforgivable things. And I think many of us have heard that drinking, you know, unforgiveness or being bitter is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die, right? It does have a heavy impact on us. And I love that you also said that it's not excusing the person, right, of responsibility for what they did. I personally believe that you can forgive, again, you're doing it for yourself. You can forgive, but not forget, right? Because I, I think that people sometimes equate, oh, forgiving is excusing the person and forgetting about what happened. I believe that you can forgive. And for me, that just means clearing yourself of that that energy, that anger, that rage, those heavy feelings that you may have had about the situation, but not forgetting because you don't want to put yourself in the same position, right, to be violated or to be um, disrespected or to be in a position where that person has an opportunity to do what they did again, right? You can forgive and still have space between you and that person. And the other thing I want to say is that forgiveness can sometimes be a moving target and that's okay. Like I've been in situations where I thought I forgave someone and then something came up and I was like, oh, hold up, I'm triggered. Like I'm, oh, I had some anger that just came, oh, I had some rage that just came up. I need to, I want to clear this for myself because I don't want that to be filled you know, I don't want that to be within me. And then I'm held back from goals, right? Or manifesting because it's still within. So yes, spot on there. And that takes us to number three. You're ready for number three, lady. Okay. And we have episodes. Ooh, oh, child. Girl, we have episodes about many of these topics. So you got to check the archives. But this one right here is toxic relationships. Toxic relationships. And honestly, now I just want to say that that goes for family. Yes. Friends. Yep. Also, I will say, even if you're in a serious relationship, even if you're married, sometimes that's a toxic relationship that needs to. Yes. It's got to go or got to be changed. Or got to be changed. Exactly. In my practice, my therapy practice, I work with women all the time in addressing toxic relationships, right? And thinking about particularly marriages, right? Like a marriage or a serious long-term relationship is so 
hard to to decide to let go of, right? And so to say, I need to end this 30-year marriage because this relationship is no longer serving me is incredibly difficult. And I want to acknowledge that, right? The difficulty in that. And also note that it does not mean when we say ending toxic relationships, it does not always mean the relationship is ending, right? Because sometimes, and this, you know, this goes to kind of that forgiveness piece, right? Sometimes the person who is toxic might be us or they are unaware of their toxicity and the impact. And depending on the person, they may be open to making a change when that has been brought to their awareness. Now, again, I always have to acknowledge that there are exceptions to the rule. And so there, like we mentioned before, there are certain things that are unforgivable. And it is up to you, lady, to determine for yourself, not what your mama and them said, not what the girlfriend said. It is up to you to determine for yourself what are the toxic things, people in relationships that you got to let go of and how are they being defined as toxic? Because again, what's toxic to me might not be toxic to you. Exactly. And is it toxic because you don't like it? Someone's trying to hold you accountable, right? Like we got to differentiate between what is toxic. But I'm going to tell you years ago, I was dating this guy and we were talking about, you know, engagement and like, you know, our future possibly being married together and things. It was not a healthy relationship, however, and Mm -hmm. he was very controlling. And I remember, you know, you're in the initial stages of our relationship. And so you're saying, I love you. You're making promises and things like that. I remember when I began to think about how the relationship was taking a toll on me and pulling me away from relationships that were, that were meaningful to me. I remember wanting to renege on a lot of the things that I said, and he made me feel incredibly bad about changing my mind and about not doing Mm. what I said I was going to do. And I felt really guilty. And I felt this, I felt like, damn, I feel stuck. Like I I have to go through with what I said because I want to be a woman of my word. I said that, you know, I'd be in this relationship and blah, blah, blah. And I felt really, really bad. And I struggled a lot with ending that relationship. But I remember one of my mentors wrote this beautiful blog post about her relationship and being in a similar situation. And she said something so powerful and it was as simple as it's okay to change your mind. And for me, it was like this eye opening point of like, oh my gosh, it is okay for me to change my mind. Like it's okay for me to, you know, be in love with someone and then say, you know what, I'm not in love with this person anymore or to be in a relationship with someone or say, you know what, I don't want to be in this anymore. So I just want to, yes, just drive home that point. It is okay to change our mind. Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, yes. Okay. I might have to sit. I, I just need to sit with that and reinforce that for Girl, a little bit more. Okay. Like, yes. So simple, yes, but so yes. powerful. And lady, if you're yes. watching on Patreon, I had to go get a blanket real quick because it's a little chilly here. So I had to go get my little blanket. So this is, this is not a fur. This is just my little, my little blanket. So it looks comfy, super Girl. comfy. Yes. So 
I think then that piece of changing our mind Mm -hmm. takes us to our next point, right? Yes. Of inauthenticity, right? That, and I think the example that you just gave, right, is that of, of, of that relationship. And we want to leave behind inauthenticity because it's not serving us, right? Mm-hmm. So if I change my mind and I don't speak up about it, then mm-hmm. now it's affecting how I engage with you. And you're responding to my behavior. And then I'm looking at that and I might be having a negative reaction to it. And it all stems from I did not communicate to you that I changed my mind, right? Or I didn't communicate to you that what you said made me feel a certain way. So if if you said something to me, like we're we've made this decision, and you said, Well, Dom, this is what we're doing, and you gotta live with it, right? And in my head, initially I agreed with that, but now I'm like, no, this current way of being is hurting my feelings. Like it is making me upset. And I just keep quiet about it. But because I'm keeping quiet about it, what might end up happening is I might end up displaying passive aggressive reactions towards you, right? And then you have no idea that I've changed my stance or I'm having an emotional reaction. You are just engaging based on my behavior. And now you're like, Dom over here acting funny. So I'm going to respond to her funny behavior. And now we have this weird, inauthentic interaction because we aren't being authentic. And it's not serving either of us. Oh, Dom. No, you're so you're so right, girl. That's so powerful. And what I think about when I hear inauthenticity, y'all, I'm sorry. It's like a tongue tongue twister for me today. When I hear that, what it means for me is like being real with you, right? And what I think about, I, I was watching this this interview on Soft White Underbelly, which is a YouTube show, and they interview and portrait the human condition, right? It's a guy named Mark, and he interviews prostitutes and drug addicts and folks that are experiencing homelessness and just people in various stages of life. And on this YouTube show, Soft White Underbelly, Mark was interviewing this man who was addicted to drugs. I forget what, what his particular drug was, but it was like hardcore drugs. And I remember this powerful moment when the guy, I believe his name was John, Mark was interviewing John, the drug addict, and he said to him that his daughter had called him up one day, John's daughter, and she had asked like, you know, dad, are you finished? Because he had been in drugs and in this like hustler sort of just criminal lifestyle for so long. And he, she asked him like, are you finished? And he told her no. He was still committed to being where he was. And for me, that was a part of being authentic, like letting him, letting it be known that, you know what? I'm not ready to stop doing this, like being real with yourself, you know, whether it's, you know what, I'm not achieving this goal right now because I'm slacking and because this is, this is what I'm going to do right now. 
just be real with you. Like whether you want to slack or do the work, like be real. I know for me, like math is not my strong suit. And I, I think there's some trauma and there's some stuff around it. It's like a long story. There are layers to it, but it comes from childhood. Math is not my strong suit. And at this stage of my life, I'm real with myself. And I know like, yeah, I'll be, have, I'll be pulling out the calculator when I need to get percentages and when I need to do certain equations because I just, where I am in life right now, I'm not trying to remember my times tables and all that. Like Math is not my thing right now. And I know that I'm not ready to dive into why it's not my thing. And so I'm just going to be authentic and real with myself. And that's what it is. So that's what comes up for me, Don, when I think about inauthenticity. I had a little tongue twister when I, uh, when I said it the first time, but that's what comes up for me. What comes up for me also in thinking about the in, in, inauthenticity, I'm getting tongue tied too, is that part of what allows us the space to be authentic is having those trusted relationships, right? And recognizing that that ties back into the toxic relationships piece, that if you are in a relationship with someone, no matter what the type of relationship is, right? If you are engaging with someone and you do not feel safe enough, like emotionally and or physically safe enough, to be your authentic self, then this must, this may be a toxic relationship. And that covers personally and professionally. You better preach. So when I sit with that, right, I think, and I think about all of these, these things that we're trying to let go of. It's all about going back to our quote of the day. It's all about growth, right? And all of these things are about releasing what is no longer serving us. And if I am recognizing that I'm engaging with someone or a group and I cannot, it is not safe to be my authentic self, then maybe I need to look at changing that dynamic. It may be a situation that I need to see, is there a way out? What's the pathway out? Oh, we're getting deep and we are about halfway through our list of 11 things to leave in the past year. We had victim mindset, unforgiveness, toxic relationships, inauthenticity. And number five, get ready, y'all get ready. Number five is self-doubt. And I don't know about you, Don, but when I hear self-doubt, it makes me think about the ways in which I be sleeping on myself, the ways in which I be playing small, the ways Mm. in which I am letting limiting beliefs just kind of hang out in my mind. You know, I think about all those things when it comes to self-doubt. What about you? I think about all of that. And I think about how the self-doubt may come from those around us, right? Like, And because, again, I think all of these things are connected. So when we're surrounded by folks who don't believe in us. Then things that they may say. Can lead to us doubting ourselves. Right. And so, again, I think all of this is information for us to go within. Right. So if I'm recognizing that I'm doubting myself for some reason. Then 
I need to go within and think about and, and really look at what are the things that are happening internally? What are the things that are happening externally to figure out what's causing this self-doubt? Is it something that I am doing within myself? And or are there things in my external environment that are causing me to do this to myself? Spot on. I love it. I love it. That takes us to number six, which is, oh, yeah, I know I said get ready for the last one. Get ready for this one. Okay. Get down your face. Number six is outdated financial habits that don't serve us. We got to leave this back there, all the way back there. I don't know about you, Dom, but when I think about this one, it makes me think about how my relationship with money has was created. It makes me yeah. think about how my relationship with money was created. Of course, it all stems from childhood. And what I've learned over the course of this journey with my money is that the way you do one thing is the way you do many things. The way you handle $1,000 is likely the way you're going to handle a million dollars. And so I have invested in a financial coach because I've realized that no matter how much money I make, I still have the same cycle of financial habits that don't serve me. They get me back into the same predicaments that I got myself out of and not knowing a lot about money because or healthy habits with money because that's not what I was raised around, right? We were raised around a scarcity mindset of a secretive mindset about spending money and you know not telling your spouse, right? I remember we used to go shopping and we was like, all right, we got to bring the bags in. <laughs> we got to bring the bags in. So so Pop-Pop and, and my dad don't see the stuff. And then you know how it is, ladies, when they ask about that new outfit, you're like, oh, I've been had this. Like little stuff like that, right? I mean, some of that is not necessarily, some of that I think is, you know, it's cool. We can we can still keep some of that. But oh, I, some I, of I think that, yeah. some of that, we don't need to say, we yeah. don't need to tell everything. But I'm talking right. about like debt. I'm talking about, you know, not saving for our future. I'm talking about yeah. investing in, you know, generational wealth and investing in like real estate in the stock market, all that stuff. Those are things that are important to me, but I didn't come up with that knowledge. So having to invest in myself has been key. I think that's important. I think one thing that I think about for myself as my income grows is really being careful and determining about like what I allow for myself, right? So giving myself permission to say that if it is within my budget, that when I am taking a trip, again, within my budget, that I can upgrade to Comfort Plus, Economy Plus, First Class, whatever the, the yes. extras, right? That I can, I can allow that to happen if it is within my budget. Right. Yes, girl. That I can buy things that I normally would have said, oh, this is a splurge. Right. That if it is now within my new budget and and the budget shifts. As the income shifts. But. Allowing myself to have access to the things that are, that I can now afford, right? And being clear with myself 
about what it is I can truly afford. Because I think sometimes we get into that space of, oh, I'm making X amount more than I get to get. I get to have all the things. But the reality is that your budget might not allow for that. Right. So just being really careful about your relationship with money and understanding that relationship with money. And yes, I agree. Having that financial coach, having that financial planner, like to think about the long-term gains and planning and mapping all of that out and being strategic is super important. So then I think that actually thinking about your finances and Really being careful and intentional about your relationship with money ties into our next thing that we have to let go of, right? And I'll explain why. So our next thing that we have to let go of is a false reality of death, right? And so I say that those two things tie in together because it's important for us to do estate planning and writing wills and recognizing that those are things that it's important conversations is important to have at any age that it's not just and I remember an episode of insecure where Molly had to have this conversation with her parents right and thinking and how and they were so hesitant to engage in the dialogue around it right But recognizing the importance of having those conversations about death and being real that death is a part of life and we're not going to ignore the psychological and emotional effects of it, but we have to acknowledge it in order to deal with it. And I know that was a lot. So I'm going to turn it to you, T. Oh, no, you're spot on, Dom. You know, I love this topic and we've done episodes about this, but what comes up for me around this topic is having those, again, like you said, the death conversations with family, record your grandparents, y'all. If you still have your grandparents, record them, okay? Get them on camera, record your conversations, record your voice notes, like do all of, just do it, okay? Get life insurance, talk to your kids and your family about it, document your life, make videos with your loved ones. You guys, I was my family's paparazzi. I have videos of one of my, my grandmother's aunt died of cancer years ago. I have videos of her. I have videos of my uncles, my Nana, my grandmother. I have videos of so many people. I would, I would be the one with the camera and everybody's face at the family function. Like, Hey y'all, what you thankful for on Thanksgiving? Like just all, you know, all the things. And those memories are priceless. It's stuff that I can't get back, but I can share those with my children. Also, Y'all, if you ha- if you never had a chance to meet your grandparents or older family members, can you imagine how amazing it would be? Like if your grandmother left you a video of just her speaking life into you and telling her how much she loves you or your grandfather, whoever that person might be for you. Can you imagine how dope that would be? So my kids, my family, they're going to have a bunch of stuff for me. I'm already making tons of legacy videos. I would even love for us to do an episode about our death at some point on the podcast, because I think this is very important and a hundred percent of people on earth are going to pass. So we, we should prepare for it. That's all. I'm going to move on to the next. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. Yes. I, I think that that's beautiful. So our next thing that we have to leave behind is an unrealistic relationship with the present. Right? So What this looks like is, you know, this person 
who every time you talk to them, they are talking about what life was like 20 years ago, right? Like, oh, girl, when I was at such and such and all like every conversation is about their life 20 years ago. And every time you try to steer it into, well, girl, what's going on with you now? Like, how is life? How is life now? What did you do yesterday? What did you eat for lunch today? Well, girl, let me tell you about, you know, this one time when I took this trip to Cancun 20 years ago, I had the best lunch ever. But wait, I was asking you about what you just had today. Like, didn't I just hear your doorbell ring with the DoorDash? Like, like, let's think about focusing on the present and why you're not focusing on the present, right? So if you have that person who is constantly putting the past on a pedestal and not acknowledging the present, that is a sign of something going on for them, right? I also want to acknowledge the toxicity of positive, too much positivity. That we can also have those people who are so focused on when I make my millions, right? And I want to be, I want to clarify that I'm not, that I'm not saying to not do that. What I'm saying is that that's your only focus, right? If your only focus is on the future, well, you can't get to the future without dealing with your present. So if you're not addressing your present, then the future is not going to happen. All of those things you've been trying to manifest will not come to fruition if you are not handling the here and now present moment. There's a delicate, fine balance of navigating all three of those spaces. That is so spot on. Um, I am definitely, this resonates with me deeply. I was definitely that person sometimes who would be so excited and interested in the future and the vision and the things that I want to manifest and so nostalgic, right? And so that person that put the past on the pedestal, right? And thinking about, you know, reminiscing about, oh man, how good it used to be when this happened. And then I began to reflect and I was like, you know what? This moment that I'm living right now, this is going to be the past at some point. And then I'm going to look back on this very moment and think about all the amazing things. So why not think about them right now? Why not be in the present? Take deep breaths. Literally smell your surroundings, right? Be with your family. Like be off your phone. Really be in the present and realize all the blessings and things that we have to be grateful for right now. I also want to say, don't delay your happiness and fulfillment. Like this is not a dress rehearsal. As we are pursuing our dream, okay? Like as we're pursuing our dreams and goals, like we just have to really realize that this is not a dress rehearsal. Like as you build toward your millions or whatever that goal is for you, right? Or your book or your whatever goals they are, this is all about the journey as well, because these are the moments that we're going to look back on. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to look back on my life and wish that I would have spent more time with my family and been more in the moment. Like I want to be I'm going to reminisce on the amazing times, but also be grateful for what we have in the present. So don't delay your happiness. Do that thing that you've been thinking about doing right now. Boom. Boom. (laughs) So now we're at number nine. Poor communication. Right. 
And I think poor communication ties into the inauthenticity and toxic relationships and unforgiveness and all those things, right? Poor communication can sometimes stem from self-doubt, right? It can sometimes stem from not living in the present. So I think, again, I can't stress enough how all of these things are interconnected. And and, And I think the beautiful piece about this is that once you start addressing one or two of these, you start to notice some of these others. And then things will naturally, more of these will start to naturally be resolved. You'll see the growth in multiple areas because they're all interconnected. So poor communication. We want to be intentional with our words. We want to be intentional in our tone as well. Something that I am constantly trying to work on for myself is exactly that, right? Being intentional with my words and my tone and making sure that what I am communicating and how I'm communicating it is honoring myself and my needs as well as the other person's, right? So example, T, let's say that I needed to deliver some bad news to you, but I knew that you were already having a shitty ass day, right? But I also knew that that news could not wait. So what am I going to do? Well, poor communication says that I'm not going to give you the news at all, right? That I'm going to avoid it and we just going to keep on pushing. And then either one, you're going to find out on your own and maybe have some feelings because I didn't tell you right away. You didn't hear it from me. Or two, I'm going to wait until the absolute last minute and it's going to make the situation worse, right? And that. Core communication is about my stuff, right? So ideally, if I'm having healthier communication, I would start off with acknowledging that I see you. I see you are having a bad day. And then let you know that I have something that may add to your plate and check in to see if I can share it with you, right? And if you say yes, then I share it, right? If you say no, then I step back and ask you to let me know when would be a good time to share it with you. I think that's a great tactic. And I will say, Dom, I grew up, as you know, in a household with a lot of violence and very poor communication. And I mean, people saying things to one another that should never be uttered, right? And I have my master's in conflict analysis and dispute resolution and learning how to communicate effectively, learning how to navigate conflict effectively has been one of the most amazing transferable skills that I've learned. And it literally can go, I can use it in any setting, right? Because we have people all around us, right? And where there are people, there will likely be conflict. And so working on our communication can be great for our relationships, work, And everything in between. So, yes, we're leaving poor communication in the past and we are evolving to communicate better. And we have an episode about that, too, ladies. So, again, check the archives. But that takes us on to number 10 here. And number 10 is a disconnection with self. 
So spending no time with ourselves, right? Not knowing who we are, right? Not understanding what we like. I think that it's so useful for everyone to date themselves, right? I did this back when I was in grad school. And as I continue to evolve, I'm finding like literally today, Dom, I had a private party before our session. So I took a shower, put on my NDRE, lotion my body after the shower, in the mirror, dancing, all that stuff, right? In relationship with myself, even though I'm married and I have a child now, my self-care and time with myself is so important. And this is the most important relationship of my life, my relationship with me, right? And so I really do believe that us being in tune with ourselves, no matter what stage we're in in life, again, this is going to differ based on where you are in life and what you're able to do right now. But I would encourage you to take a personality test, go to therapy, of course, if possible, look at your birth chart and see if that resonates. That's also another great way to learn more about you and your purpose, your mission and all that good stuff. So be in relationship with you. Well, I mean, you had me at NDRE and having a private party. Like I, yes, Yes, this is spot on. I think that taking time to get to know you not only benefits you, but it benefits everyone around you because it allows you space to know what you like, what you don't like, what you need. And then hopefully you can authentically communicate that out to those around you. So then that takes us to our final thing that we will leave behind. Now, lady, the thing that we will leave behind is up to you. Number 11 is up to you. T, you want to tell us about number 11, how that really oh, works? Right. So. What we want you to do, lady, if you tuned in up until this point, we want you to go to our Instagram at Herspace Podcast. We are going to have a little insider. Okay, so please do this. We want to see how many people respond. We want to get your insight and wisdom because you've been listening to us. Now we want to tune into what you have to say. So we're going to post a pink square on Instagram, right? We're probably not even going to add a caption. So that means you have to listen to this episode until the end to know what to post. And what we want you to do is go to our Instagram. If you're tuning into this episode months later, you can always scroll on down and find the pink square, but we want you to share what your number 11 is, right? What are you going to leave behind in the past year? And I'll tell you mine right now. Mine is playing small, period. Like playing small. There's so much, there, there are just so many things that I've been able to accomplish for myself, but also for my students and the people that I work with. And sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be modest. I'm not going to share this, but I've made such a great impact on the people that I've been able to work with. And so really walking into that power and into that greatness is so important. And so for me, my number 11 is playing small ladies, share yours on Instagram. Again, it's at her space podcast, go to the pink square that we post and you can share yours. Dom, do you have a number 11 for yourself? Yes. Okay. So my number 11 is one that I'm constantly working on. And that is putting the needs of others before myself. I think as, as someone who is in the therapy field, who is a giver and nurturer by just by nature, that I constantly find myself in situations where I automatically think about Considering other folks stuff and then how do I accommodate other folks stuff without putting myself at the forefront, right? And recognizing that when I put other people's needs before my own, 
it ends up being detrimental to me. Right. And that goes also to with boundary setting. Right. So when I put my needs first and then I can set the boundaries, then I feel better overall. And then my interactions with those around me feel better overall. But what it truly does is when I put my needs first, put my needs out there, it gives the beautiful thing is that it gives space for other people to show up for me. And just, and I think also seeing that has really encouraged and motivated me to continue to do that, right? That like, it's okay for me to have other people show up for me. Oh girl, that's powerful. I think a lot of women, especially black women will relate to that. And I I think it also trains people on how to treat, because if we know that Dom puts her needs first, then other people are not going to try to get over. They're going to be like, oh wait, let me make sure I respect her her time when she says, don't text me. When she don't text me real late. That's me. I'll be texting Dom super late. Anyway, let's do a recap. And lady, again, if you want to tune into the workshop where we do a deep dive on these different topics that we covered today, you can visit newyearworkshop.com, newyearworkshop.com. Come and hang out with us or you can catch the replay if you can't tune in live. And then Dom, let's go ahead and do a quick recap before we record our after show on Patreon. Hey, all right. So the 11 things that you need to leave behind so that you can vibrate higher are number one, the victim mindset. Number two, unforgiveness. Number three, toxic relationships. Number four, inauthenticity. Number five, self-doubt. Number six, outdated financial habits that don't serve you. Seven, a false reality about death. Number eight, an unrealistic relationship with the present. Number nine, poor communication. Number 10, a disconnection with yourself. And number 11 is whatever you put in that pink square on Instagram. That's right, lady. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you got any value from this episode, please share. Imagine what life is going to be like for us in this year if you share this with other Black women and we're all vibrating high together. So please share. Definitely leave us a review as well so we can get your feedback. And we will see you on the after show. Head on over to our website, herspacepodcast.com. Click on Patreon in the top and you can watch the video episode and tune into what we chat about next. Talk to you soon. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com. 
and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. What's meant for me will never miss me. I don't have to chase.